Dear Lord Jesus, this is a really important subject. It's one we all need to know. It's one we all need to understand. Please, God, send your Holy Spirit to be in this church, to open our hearts, to touch us, and to lead us to you, our gentle, our gentle Saviour. Thank you for sending the Holy Spirit, as you promised. In the name of Jesus, amen. There is a story told about Napoleon, the great French emperor, during his invasion of Russia. He somehow got separated from his men and was spotted by his enemies, the Russian Cossacks. They chased him through the winding streets of this particular town and running for his life, Napoleon eventually ducked into a furrier's shop. Now, a furrier is someone who deals in animal furs. Of course, back then, animal furs would be used for clothing and and other such things. Gasping for air and at the same time talking, he begged the shopkeeper to save him. You can imagine the scene. The furrier said to Napoleon, quick, quick, hide under this big pile of furs in the corner. Then the furrier made the pile even larger by throwing more furs atop Napoleon. No sooner had he finished when the Russian Cossacks burst into the shop. Where is he, they demanded. The furrier denied knowing where Napoleon was. Despite his protests, those Cossacks, they tore that shop apart looking for Napoleon. They even poked into the furs with their swords, but they did not find him. Eventually they gave up and left the shop. After some time had passed, Napoleon crept out from under his furs unharmed. Shortly after, Napoleon's personal guards arrived. Before Napoleon left, the furrier asked, excuse me for asking such a question from such a great man, but what was it like to be under those furs, knowing that the next moment could surely be your last? Napoleon became indignant. How dare you ask the question, such a question of the emperor, he said. Immediately he ordered his guards to blindfold the furrier and execute him. Unbelievable, but this is what happened. He was dragged from the shop, blindfolded and placed up against a wall. He could see nothing, but he could hear the guards as they prepared their rifles. Then he heard Napoleon say, ready. And he heard those rifles raise up onto the shoulders of those guards. Aim! Tears begin, tears of terror begin to pour down his face when suddenly the blindfold was stripped from his eyes. Napoleon stood before him. They were face to face and Napoleon said, Now you know the answer to your question. The lesson here is obvious. How can you describe a near-death experience? Or how can you describe any experience at all if you haven't had that experience yourself? You can't. I have heard that it is a great thing to win a gold medal at the Olympic Games. I've even dreamed about it as a young man and a small boy. But I never did win a gold medal. They say you don't know what it's like unless you experience it for yourself. I always wanted to play cricket for Australia. I couldn't even make it into the church team. But I've always wanted to play cricket for Australia. I've imagined what it would be like to walk out and open bat for our country. I can imagine, I may have a feeling of what it would be like, but I'm not Ricky Ponting. I have never experienced it for myself, so although I might imagine what it's like, I don't really know what it's like. 
You've got to experience things for yourself before you know what it's really like. And you know what? The forgiveness, the forgiveness of Jesus Christ. To go to the cross, to be washed in his blood, to be made pure and perfect in Jesus is something that you can have described to you by a preacher. But unless you experience it for yourself, you don't really know what it's like. And we live in a world, we live in a world where most people, and it's a tragedy and it's sad, but most people don't know what it's like to be forgiven of Jesus. They don't know what it's like. I was very privileged the other night to go into Homebush and hear the story of Nicky Cruz from Nicky Cruz. He's a very famous Christian preacher who used to, to hang about in the gangs of New York as a young man, found Jesus Christ. I'll tell you what, his story was very moving. He was born, he told us, into a poor Puerto Rican family. His parents were into the occult. This is one of the most powerful preachers in Christianity today. His parents were into the occult. His mother, would you believe it, was a witch. Nicky Cruz made a statement and it sobered us all there who were listening. He said, there are some parents who don't deserve to, who should not bring children into the world. And he said, my mother was one such parent. And then he began to tell us about how she abused him both mentally and physically continually. He talked about how when he was a three and a half year old little boy. Now I'm a father, I don't have a son, I have two girls. One's eight, one's five. I remember, it's not so long ago, what they were like at three and a half years of age. They're beautiful. They're innocent. Three and a half year old children, I think, are probably closer to what God is like than most of us. Beautiful time of a human being's life. But he talks about how his mother kicked him and broke three of his ribs when he was three and a half years of age. He talks about how she beat him until his eyes were shut and his nose was broken and how he would go to school bruised and battered and he would tell the teachers and the students that he was just an accident prone little kid. When he wasn't too old he recounted how one day his mother grabbed him by both shoulders. He said when he looked into her eyes and he said she forced me to look into her eyes, he said they were orange, demonic. He said his mother was demon possessed and how she grabbed him and she made him look into her orange eyes and with hate and filth coming out of her mouth, she told him how he was a son of Satan and how she hated him. She said, I hate you, I hate you, I hate you. He said that evening that little boy inside of him withdrew into a cocoon and he said, I put a wall up around that little boy. And Nicky Cruz said, I promised that little boy that he would never get hurt again. When he was 16 years old, he was sent to New York from Puerto Rico to be with his brother. He joined the Mau Mau's. And within six months, he was the leader. He was their warlord. And I did a little bit of extra research on Nicky Cruz. You know that Nicky Cruz stabbed over 16 people. He got himself involved in, a, in crime and violence and murder. And the Mau Mau's, you know, they were into drugs. Yes, they were. They were into stealing. They were into all of those things. But what the Mau Mau's, above all things, concentrated on was fighting other gangs. They were a fierce gang. Every other gang in New York was afraid of the Mau Mau's and was afraid of Nicky Cruz. The police were afraid of the Mau Mau's. They were afraid of the vicious actions of the Mau Mau's and their leader, Nicky Cruz. And then a young man by the name of David Wilkinson 
Christian pastor, came into the streets of New York to the gang that Nicky Cruz belonged to and began to tell them about Jesus Christ. Oh, there's no power on earth like the power of Jesus Christ to come into a sinner's, a darkened sinner's life. And Nicky Cruz, the first time he met David Wilkerson, he beat him up and he told him not to come back. Oh, Pastor Wilkinson must have been a brave man because he came back and he kept telling Nicky Cruz the story about Jesus until Nicky fell onto his knees and went to the cross and got washed by the blood of Jesus Christ. Oh, what a powerful, powerful experience for Nicky. He went to Bible college. There he met his wife. He became a preacher. Then he went back to New York to tell the gangs about Jesus Christ. He won quite a number of people from the gangs, from his own gang, back to Jesus. He talks about how one day he was street preaching. In fact, let me just say this. One of the first uh, uh, street preaching evangelistic crusades he ever did in New York, the police came up to him later because he's preaching on the street to the gangs. And the police came up to him later and they said, oh, you may not realise this, Nicky, but you see all those guys in those trench coats, he said, the policeman said, under those trench coats are machine guns. And so this man who had found Jesus and been forgiven is on the front line, preaching the love of Jesus to those who most desperately need to hear it. It's a, look, it's a wonderful story. And one day he's on the street, he's just preached. He doesn't preach in the church. He doesn't preach in great cathedrals. He preaches on the street. And one day he's on the street, he's preaching, he's just preached. He's in, he, he's in a huddle praying. This is powerful ministry. And he feels some arms go around him while he's praying. And he opens his eyes at the conclusion of the prayer and there's his brother who was also in the gangs who had heard him preach and gave his heart to Jesus. Praise God. And after the joy of their reunion, his brother looks up to Nicky and he says, Nicky, you've got to go home. And you've got to see mother. She's dying. Nicky didn't want to go home. It was the last thing he wanted to do. One of his wealthy backers heard and went and bought him a, a ticket to Puerto Rico. He said, Nicky, go home. Face your demons. Face your mother. Face this giant. Eventually, eventually he goes back to Puerto Rico. And he talks how, how, how he went to visit his mother and he went in, look, he went into the home. And he said he could feel the oppression of the demons in the room and he couldn't stay there and he fled from the home to a church. And he walked into the church and they happened to be in the middle of some sort of revival meeting. And he stopped the program and he said, who will help me? My name is Nikki Cruz. My mother is a witch. She is dying. I need to forgive her. I need somebody to go with me, to pray with me, to, to accompany me to see my mother. Who will come? There was a lady there and she stood up. And she said, we know the Cruz family. And, she, and Nikki says, she listed off all their sins. He said, it was like listening to a newspaper. And finally, you know, Nikki Cruz has a little bit of fire in him. Nikki said, is there anyone who will help me? Is the pastor here? And the pastor stood up and he said, I'm here. And Nikki said, will you help me? He said, the pastor said, well, yes, I will help you. And then he turned to the woman. The pastor turned to the woman. He said, sit down. You've said enough already. He said, I sent you you for six months. You're not to talk in this church for another six months. I, I like that kind of church discipline. <laughs> so the next day, Nicky Cruz arrives at the home of his, of his mother. He's expecting the pastor to be there. There was, there was no one there. He thought, oh, where are these Christians? They're supposed to be here supporting me. Well... 
He talks about how over the next half an hour or so, the pastor turned up, the members of his church turned up, word had got around the town, all the Christian churches, and he named just about every one of them, were sending members to be with Nicky Cruz as he worked with his mother, the witch, in forgiving her. And he said by the time he walked into that home with the pastor, the entire home was surrounded by hundreds of Christians from every denomination in the town. He walked into the room. Demons were still there. He could feel them. You can feel demons. He grabs the hand of his mother and she beckons him to kneel down. You remember she's dying. She only has days to live. And she beckons him to kneel down and she says, Nikki, can you forgive me? And Nikki said that he said, Mother, I can forgive you because Jesus forgave me. And he said then he lost it and he began to cry and he began to weep. This is one of the most powerful experiences a human being can have. You know, a miracle occurred that night. His mother was dying but there was forgiveness in the room. The demons were thrown out and the angels and the Spirit of God came in. And there was a miracle because Nikki Cruz's mother, who was dying, who found forgiveness from her son, who followed Jesus Christ. Nikki Cruz's mum, who was dying, experienced a miracle. And Nikki said that she lived another 25 years. Praise God. Talk about the power, the power of forgiveness. Jesus died on the cross so he could forgive you. He died on the cross so he could forgive me for God so loved the world and the blood of Jesus Christ is precious and there is no sin too dark. Hear me today if you hear nothing else. There is no sin too dark. You cannot wander too far from God. You cannot have committed a sin that is too heinous that the blood of Jesus Christ cannot cleanse. The blood of Jesus is precious for the wages of sin is death. Jesus went to the cross. Jesus paid the price for our sins, the death price on the cross with his blood. It is precious. It is the blood of the awesome king of the universe, of the great God of high. And he paid for our sins in blood. And when Nicky Cruz was at the cross asking for forgiveness for his sins, being washed by the blood of Christ, it was at the cross in prayer where Nicky was able to find the supernatural, yes, it's supernatural power, he was able to find the supernatural power of God to forgive. And if you have been to the cross and if you have been washed in the blood of Jesus, then there is no sin too dark that somebody can perpetrate against you that you cannot forgive them for in Jesus Christ. And we live in a world that desperately needs to experience this type of forgiveness. Well, I want to take you to the Bible for a moment this afternoon. If you have them open to Matthew 26, this is the night before Jesus died. He's with his disciples. Look at this. Then Jesus, I like this story, he's gathered with his disciples in a room, he's going to be arrested that night, he's going to die the next day on the cross. Look at this little story, Matthew 26 verse 31. Then Jesus told his disciples, this very night you will all fall away on account of me. 
For it is written, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep of the flock will be scattered. Now Peter, verse 33, one of Jesus' disciples replied, Even if all fall away on account of you, I never will, Lord. Jesus looks at Peter, verse 34. I tell you the truth, Jesus said, this very night before the rooster crows, you will disown me three times. But Peter declared, even if I have to die with you, I will never disown you. And all the other disciples said the same. So Jesus says, you will deny me, you will disown me, you will leave me. Peter and the disciples said, never will we leave you, Lord. We will be loyal to the end, we will be faithful to death. Let's look what happened, verse 69. Now Peter, Jesus has been arrested and is in Pilate's judgment hall. Now Peter was sitting out in the courtyard and a servant girl came to him. You also were with Jesus of Galilee, she said. But he denied it before them all, first denial. I don't know what you're talking about, he said. Verse 71, then he went out to the gateway where another girl saw him and said to the people there this fellow was with Jesus of Nazareth he denied again second denial with an oath this time he said I don't know the man verse 73 after a little while those standing there went up to Peter and said surely you are one of them for your accent gives you away then he began to call down curses third denial on himself and he swore to them I don't know the man and immediately a rooster crowed and look at this verse 75 then Peter remembered the word Jesus had spoken Before the rooster crows, you will disown me three times. And he went outside and wept bitterly. Now I want to to share with you what Peter did not see in the face. What Peter did not see in the eyes of Jesus. He did not see anger. At, at, At Peter's betrayal of Jesus, his master, Jesus did not, he did not have anger towards Peter. Peter did not see in the eyes of Jesus judgment against him, all these things we think that you would see. This was a a terrible betrayal. At the very time where Jesus needed Peter most, Peter left him, Peter denied him. Peter treacherously, treacherously traded his Lord. And yet there was no anger, there was no judgment, there was no disappointment, there was no disillusionment in the eyes of Jesus at Peter's treachery. There was no reflection in Jesus' eyes of his betrayal. In fact, there wasn't even, I believe, any hurt in the eyes of Jesus. When Peter looked into the face and the eyes of Jesus, he saw two things, and they're the same two things that you'll see today if you look into the eyes of Jesus looking for forgiveness. Peter saw love. Oh, no one can love like Jesus does. Jesus loved Peter despite the treachery, despite the disloyalty, despite the betrayal. In the eyes of Jesus, Peter saw love. And you know what else he saw? He saw saw in the eyes of Jesus forgiveness. And that night, Peter, as Jesus was dying, looking into the eyes of the master, learned what it was like to be forgiven by Jesus. And that's why when you've had that sort of forgiveness in your life, when you've been to the cross, when you've been washed in the blood of Jesus, that's why you can forgive anything that anybody does, anything, anything, it's supernatural. Because of God, what God has done for you. I want to close with a, a short story. A man was engaged in his morning meditation under a tree whose roots stretched out over the riverbank. During his meditation he noticed that the river was rising and the scorpion caught in the roots was about to drown. He crawled out on the roots and reached down to free the scorpion, but every time he did so the scorpion struck back at him. You can imagine the scene. An observer came along and said to the man, don't you know that's a scorpion and it's in its nature to want to sting you? To which the man replied, that may well be, but it is in my nature to save. 
And must I change my nature because the scorpion will not and does not and cannot change his. Jesus wants to forgive us. He keeps reaching out to us. It's in his nature. He is love. And you know what? You can walk out of this church this morning and you can refuse to even look at Jesus. You can refuse to go to Jesus. You can turn your back on him. You can abuse him as Peter did. You can disown him. You can even deny his existence. But Jesus will keep reaching out to you. He will, as the man did with the scorpion, it's in his nature. Jesus will keep reaching out to you. He will keep wanting to love you and he will keep wanting to forgive you. The Faria had to experience the near-death experience to know what it was like. You have to experience forgiveness to really know what Jesus is offering you. Just as Nicky Cruz found forgiveness in Jesus, so you can find forgiveness in Jesus. It's as simple as getting on your knees and saying, Jesus, I'm a sinner, forgive me. He'll hear you. He will come. He'll put, your arms around, he'll put his arms around you. He will heal you. And just as Peter could do nothing to drive Jesus' love and forgiveness away, so too we cannot drive away the love and the forgiveness of Jesus Christ the Saviour. I wish you, I wish you forgiveness in Jesus. I wish you an experience at the cross. I wish for you to be, to be cleansed in the blood of Christ. And I wish for you to experience forgiveness deep in your heart that will allow other, you to forgive others. Look, look, I'm stopping now, but let me just say this finally. Many of you out there have been hurt very badly by others. You've had things done against you that you didn't deserve sometimes when you were a child. Unforgivable things. If you go to the cross, get on your knees. If you get washed in the blood of Christ, there's nothing anybody can do to you that through Christ you cannot forgive them for. I wish you this experience this morning. Just, just, just.